This is Groove Talk Radio. It is Tuesday, 5.30 Pacific, which means another episode of Groove Talk Radio. Today is Tuesday, March 14th, 2017. Um, I am your host, Robert Dalen Brown, Groove, known as Wisdom. Uh, this is Tier, the groove known as Mind Sex Number Four, Tiger Five. And uh over here getting himself ready is uh our our groove known as Assassin, Mr. Jamal Hawkins. Um I never saw Assassin wear glasses before. Like a totally serious. <laughs> <laughs> look like a totally when I met him he looked like Ice T. Now this fool sitting over here with glasses. <laughs> notes and stuff. Now, we're, we're gonna try our best to keep it a little bit PG. I got my, uh, son visiting the studio. Um, Marcus, come over here and say hi to everybody. This is my, my, my six-year-old, Marcus. Say hi. Say hi. Hi. No, say it loud like you got some bass in your voice. Hi. <laughs> he don't got no bass in his voice yet. Yeah, okay. Oh, this year, is he? Six years old. <laughs> All right, why don't you take a seat over there? Why don't you make him show the hair on his chest too, Rob? There you go. <laughs> why don't you take a seat over there? All right, so um, we are here. This is a family affair on uh, Groove Talk Radio. Um, I was talking about this on Facebook. We are going to promote as many businesses as we can today. Um, this is an independent enterprise that our uh, founder is doing here with Groove Talk Radio, William Brown. He's put this thing together single-handedly by himself and grew a nationwide audience, and we want to help out all of those people who are doing something similar with their independent enterprises. So before we get started, I want to let you all know of some of the businesses that are going to be promoted today. Uh, first and foremost, on Saturday, April 8th, Saturday, April 8th, from 9 to 1 here in Southern California, there is an event happening specifically for young people ages 13 to 25. It's called the Empire Kings and Queens Conference. We are teaching me, uh, young men and young women how to navigate the adult world. They learn about finances. They learn about relationships. They learn how to develop themselves personally. This is going to be hosted by yours truly, Robert Dalen Brown. And it's going to happen in conjunction with a colleague of mine, Dr. Cassandra White Elliott, along with special guest speakers. This event is for a small fee of $30. Participants receive conference materials. They receive breakfast. They receive lunch and they receive a copy of the speaker's book. So. For those who want more information or to register, all you have to do is go to EmpireKingsAndQueens.com. That's EmpireKingsAndQueens.com. Okay. Now this is, uh, uh, this, this studio, Studio W is broadcast, um, around the world. So if there is anybody out there who has any community service, uh, projects, especially grooves or swings, anybody that's doing something in the community and you want to promote it, this is, this is your avenue to do it. Give us a call. Studio W, 844-978-8346. 
And Tierra's right. After you make that call, if you press zero, you'll be on the air immediately mm-hmm. with us here in Groove Talk Radio. Um, I also want to um, promote a, a few people who contacted me through Facebook with some amazing enterprises that they have going on. First off, uh, Miss Taisha Green. She owns a business called Royalty Wells Hair. Mm-hmm. Royalty Wells Hair. 100% human hair for all you women out there. Great quality, minimum shedding, all natural. This hair can be cut, curled, dyed, and straightened. She offers 360 uh, frontals, closures, bundles, lace front wigs. She's given a special offer for anybody who's listening right now. If you go to her website and enter Studio Buzz as the discount code, she's going to knock 10% off of whatever you buy. So her website is www.royaltywellshair.bigcartel.com. That's Royalty, R-O-Y-A-L-T-Y, Wells, W-E-L-L-S, Hair, H-A-I-R. Royaltywellshair.bigcartel.com. Um, we also have something very interesting. I'm loving this right here. We got a brother named Frank Reed who contacted me. This brother is doing some amazing things. He is uh, operating with another a couple of brothers under the name of Native Sons. And they are music- I read that book. They are Native uh, Sons, S-U-N-Z. And they are music producers and engineers. Uh, they are own and operate an independent music production engineering licensing and sonic branding agency what they do is they create tracks that can be used in a variety of contexts like everything from malls to bowling alleys to hotels they we don't have a theme song they that's true uh <laughs> we should hire them ourselves <laughs> their catalog of music contains cutting edge contemporary original music of every genre but primarily with a hip-hop Focus. Their work has been placed and streamed in the MGM Grand Hotels and Casinos, Four Seasons Hotel, and Caesars Palace Hotel and Casinos. Mm. These brothers are, do- and I went over to the website to go take a listen, and they are really good. They got a lot of music on that website, so um, you can check it out at www.beatstars.com/slash. Native Sons 410. That's pretty good, man. You're promoting all these businesses and stuff. This is great. I mean, uh, the people have, people out there, you've got a business that, that, that you need to, you know, get out there and let the people to. know or some community service. Call us, 844-978-8346. Let's get the word out. Um, two more, and then we're going to jump into some topics here. Um, Stanielle Riley. And I've never heard that name before, and I'm, I'm, the more and more I say it, the more I, I like that name, Stan Yale. Mm-hmm. She owns a company called Twisted Angels Accessories, and when I went and took a look at what she had to offer, this stuff is pretty dope, man. She, What she does is she creates handmade accessories, things like jewelry, earrings, bracelets, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. Uh, a lot of the materials that she's using to make these things are repurposed materials. And the style is brilliant, largely influenced by black girls and black women around the world. Ladies, you really need to go check this out. Um, she has a Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash 
Twisted Angels Accessories. So if you look for Twisted Angels Accessories on Facebook, you're going to see pictures that are going to blow your mind of some of the things that she has going on. Um, and then last but not least, um, this this one is awesome. Red Carpet Memory. We have a woman who is out here in Southern California who has what they call a photo booth rental company. A photo booth rental company located out here in the Inland Empire, Paris, California. What they do is they come to you. They come to your home. They come to anywhere where you're located. Prom, graduation, sweet 16, quinceanera, weddings, birthday, any kind of party. And they make your event a lasting memory with a mobile photo booth. Um, you can call Laray or Vanity. The phone number is area code 909-358-1745. Or you can go to redcarpetmemory.com. Hey, do, do they do it where you can dress up in different outfits and stuff like that? Do they, do they? You know what? Um, I didn't look at that on the site. I looked at some of the other things. Uh, I wouldn't doubt it. It's pretty, pretty cool comprehensive. That they did that. It's pretty comprehensive. Me and my daughter did that. We dressed up like old Western people and took pictures. It's <laughs> pretty cool. Pictures came out great. Uh, last but not least, uh, one of our own Studio W radio hosts, Ann Wooten Taylor, she is uh, promoting her ministry, Eating as an Act of Worship. Eating as an Act of Worship. It's a nonprofit organization that is dedicated to Proper eating, exercise, and maintaining a healthy body using biblical principles. Uh, they offer a 12-week course to teach these principles, workshops, conferences. They even have eating as an active, uh, act of worship teacher's edition for people who want to lead some private study. Uh, you can go to Amazon.com and, and, and look for her book, or you can go to eating as an act of worship ministries dot org phone number five zero one two two eight one zero zero seven so we'll be talking more about some uh businesses especially black businesses that need to get promoted a little bit later in the show yeah that was pretty cool you know what you were talking about um taisha's uh, um business and all the things that she does with hair yeah you know it's been i don't know i'm a grown man about probably 30 years at least i'm still not over the the just the sound of women buying hair mm. to me hair is still something that's grown <laughs> you know and well i i used she to feel the same everything way. you could do with hair except grow it <laughs> well i used to feel the same way until i realized some of the good things that these businesses do uh, i'm um, just hating because i don't got no hair anymore that's uh, all. well you know what <laughs> There are some businesses out there that are doing some good things for women, especially who have breast cancer. Yeah. And they are helping them f kind of regain their dignity back. Man, name someone who hasn't been affected by cancer. Exactly. And you have people who, I mean, two people in my family alone, right? Yeah. People who depend on companies like Taisha Green. So uh shout out to my girl Taisha Green for, for, for being the very first one to contact and to download that IMG2 app and to like us on Facebook. Another thing that we're going to do is anybody who gave us a link for their website, we're going to post these links so that people can see it on Facebook.com on the Groove Talk radio show, 
on the Groove Talk Radio Show Facebook page. So make sure that you go to Facebook, go to Groove Talk Radio, and click the like button so you'll never miss an episode. We're going to record every episode and keep it broadcast there. I also want to give a shout out to somebody, uh, a Groove brother, uh, Harold Reed. People know him as Iceman. He was our very, very, very first Groove Talk radio supporter on Facebook. Way back in January when we first put that Facebook page together, he was the first person to come through and hit that like button. So, um, Iceman, if you're listening, anytime you want anything being promoted, all you got to do is let us know. We got you covered, man. Yeah, that's what's up, man. Iceman's a good brother, too. So uh tell me what you got over there, Jamal. Let's get this uh party started. We got politics, news, and current events from a yeah. black man's perspective, right? Yeah, man. We got a little bit of uh, politics. Uh we got uh this uh congressman in Iowa that uh kinda started a little controversy with some tweets and comments that he made recently on uh Sunday and Monday. Um so uh I uh Steve King, the uh congressman in Iowa, made a comment uh that uh referring to immigrants that uh, kind of got people, you know, um, you got, obviously you got people of immigrant background. It, it was offensive to them. And the other flip side to it is you have some, uh, you know, some white supremacist, uh, people coming out showing their support. So it, you know, kind of touched back on this, uh, divisive, uh, theme that we got going on in the country. And what he said was, um, the quote, the comment was, we can't, Restore our civilization with somebody else's babies. And obviously you can Wait, see... Wait, hold, 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 hold on. <clears throat> I want to make sure I, I hear you right. Because when you first mentioned this, I hadn't heard about this. I, I've been staying off of social media for mm. a little bit. Mm. We can't restore our civilization using somebody with else's somebody, With babies. somebody else's babies. And so, <laughs> you know, the comment alone, you can understand why some people that, you know that may have migrated to the US and they had their kids that are their kids are, you know, born US citizens here. Yeah. And uh so you can see how some of those people be offensive. And I think um one of the guys the guy he was interviewing with asked him that comment. So he was, you know, kind of referring he he told him that, you know, well, I'm just as American as you are. He made this comment on Twitter mm-hmm. on Sunday. And so you had you had people replying that, you know, you had some republic or uh, politicians that, you know, posted uh uh uh, social media photos of their kids that you know were may have been biracial or you know that of of a different uh, nationality so you know you had uh and you had republicans coming out that were you know uh you know denouncing his comment you know trying to save face and uh and then he he actually replied when i asked about it he, he stated clearly i meant what i said so he didn't try to go back. He didn't try to change it. He didn't try to, you know, <laughs> Monday night quarterback that thing. That's he said. That's that's exactly what I meant. And he 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 said I meant what I said. I meant what I said. We I meant exactly what I said. Restore our civilization. Okay, now after I, I want all the listeners to realize this, man. After Jamal told me about this, I went to go just Google his name, and in the middle of Jamal telling me this, this. Uh, Republican <laughs> went and said something else to add on top of his already inflammatory comment. Now, I'm looking here at CNN. Iowa Republican Steve King said Monday 
that blacks and Hispanics will be fighting each other before they overtake whites in the U.S. population. He was on the radio trying to explain his comments that Jamal was just talking <laughs> about. And he went on the radio and, I guess, dug himself even deeper. And, you know, what what it is, is and, and people make this comment, this stake all the time, is in their head, they have something they want to say, but they don't think about interpret they don't think about how they want to say it before they say it. They always, they always, they always just come out and say it. And when they realize it came out bad, they try to go back and and correct it. And by then, most times it's either too late or they make it worse. Hmm. And you can probably see what he was maybe trying to say, but the how it came out was just it was better just shutting up. I don't know. Sometimes people talk and they're real. The, the the real selves come out, and you and you got a point because, like you said, with the first comment that I brought up, he did say, "Go back and say I meant exactly what what yeah. I said." <laughs> so, but just to see how you know these comments come out, and it it, it what happens is it, and you see it in the social media is it brings out the true feelings of people around this country. Like you had these, uh, uh, you know, the grandmaster that came out in support of his comment, and so you have these. Uh, you know, white supremacists coming out in support of it, and you got these uh, immigrants that's coming out that's a fit that's offended by it. Um, Tia, what do you think about it? I think he probably did not apologize because he probably meant what he said. Uh, he probably there was there probably no need for Monday morning quarterbacks. He probably meant what he said. Um, Let me ask you this: He probably would not have said that if he wasn't from Iowa. I think if he was a Republican from California or a Republican from somewhere else, he would have known to not say, but you're in the middle of the cornfields. You're in the middle of the, 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 the country and you have access to not a lot of diversity, not a lot of people who think differently. And you don't know, you don't know what you don't know. This, this is an old white man in the heartland of Iowa who said, we need to restore our civilization, and we can't do that using other people's babies. <laughs> you ever you ever notice that um, a lot of the most racist places in the country are places where there is very little diversity? You know, I, I live in California for a reason. I mean, California has my type of white people. Um, you know, for the most part. I mean, there, you know, not to say there's no racist in California, but for the most part, if you wanted to walk down the street with your white girlfriend through the mall or whatever, then you could do it. No one really pays much attention to you. And um, the white people who live out here are kind of used to just diversity. I mean, when I used to live in a valley and I used to sell um, my Hawaiian shaved ices in the park and things of that nature, I used to see all kinds of different nationalities, mixed couples, you know, Iranian Jews and blacks and, and you got Mexicans and you have uh, man, we got a lot of uh, Nigerians in L.A. I mean, we this is a very diverse you know, part of the country. So, uh, there's a statistic out there that says s over 60 different languages are spoken in California. Right. 60. Right. And so you got 30 million people in California. Yeah. So if you have a situation where you're around other races, you get used to being around other races, um, other, other, other races of people, and you're less likely to be racist. But if you just live um, amongst yourself, you don't know any blacks, Hispanics, or anything else. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, when Steve King says that, you're not going to care. I mean, I mean, what do you... 
It's the, it's the all of his constituents are white. It's the privilege of being in your own bubble. You expose yourself to other things. You expose yourself to other types of other types of, of, of thinking. It's the privilege of being in your own bubble. And you know what? I, I got a perfect example. I'm going to use myself, and I'm going to use my own um, uh, shortness um, when I say that. Being in your own bubble. When Barack Obama helped um, the gays achieve marriage equality in this country, my first thought was, dang, what did he help them for? Man, man, he did more for the gays than he did for us. You know, I had that kind of type of attitude at first, you know, like, what did he help these I remember. People? We got it on, on, on we recorded it oh, oh, really? <laughs> on the show. Oh, okay. <laughs> so so I wasn't really all that, you know, at first I wasn't really all that happy about it. But let's, let's keep it real. It's been um, at least a year. Uh, or, or going on too since, since, since gay people have gotten their equality. And, um, to be honest with you, since that gay marriage thing has passed, that has not affected my life, not in the least little bit. Did you think it would? It hasn't. It, I, that's my whole point. And this is why I can't be a Republican. I can't be a close minded individual to the point where, you know, I was huffing and puffing. Yeah, these gay people getting married and stuff. And then, you know what? They passed it. And I don't, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I don't have any gay people in my circle. I, I, I don't, I don't hang out with gay people. I'm just, 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 I'm, I don't, I just don't do it. Right. And so gay marriage passing didn't affect me in one iota. It didn't make any difference to my life. Not for one second, not on one day. Didn't make any difference at all. But it meant so much to other people. Hmm. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, it's it's almost like a big waste of time to just be sitting here huffing and puffing over something just because you personally don't like it. Um you know, I mean, I, I can't I couldn't I could never be a conservative. I could never be a Republican. I couldn't be the type of person to be that small. And it's another thing. It's just like with that whole Kaepernick thing. I, man, I'm going to tell you, you have no <laughs> Kaepernick has played a big part in my life because I get into a lot of arguments over this guy. I know we recorded and, it. And we my, got episodes. You got that on tape, too. <laughs> yes, we do. Um, but, but it's because I work at a place. I work at the, the, at the Department of Veteran Affairs. We got a lot of elderly conservative. Uh, you know, most of your military is all Republican and conservative. And I hear these people on a day daily basis having whole arguments and uh, conversations about Colin Kaepernick but they never once bring up police brutality and you know and I I look at conservatives and I say I just couldn't be you I wouldn't want to be the type of person who tells black people that you have to stand up and honor this flag or you're not a good American or get out of America or I don't like the 49ers anymore because he played for that team you got to keep in mind that song star spangled banner first of all didn't even get uh popular until roosevelt's wife sang it and that was less than a hundred years ago it hasn't always been our national anthem number two we only sing the first verse first verse there's four verses to it and the fourth verse is racist as hell and talks about killing any black man who wants freedom you're not allowed to have your freedom. If you, if you listen to it, it even talks about not only are you not going to get your freedom in life, but we're going to haunt you in death. That's the type of quote that's in that song. Black people get no freedom even in death. Hmm. I couldn't be a conservative to be that small-minded and be the type of person to tell black people, you better stand up for that flag. You don't, how dare you kneel? How, you, how dare you kneel for that song? Would you ever tell a Jewish person to kneel, I mean, to kneel and put his hand over the heart for an anti-Semitic song? You know what? I go back to that phrase. They would never it's do it. It's a bubble of privilege. Right. It, yeah, right. It's a bubble of privilege. If, if I'm a white man, and I can survive in my bubble without having to interact with anybody who's non-white, 
I can create all kinds of comments and stereotypes and beliefs about them because nobody, in, never my, be challenged nobody in my bubble is going to challenge me. Right, right, right. You'll never see anything different. Exactly. You know, but uh, there, there's there's some hope because uh, in, in the last, I'd say in the last week or so, I'm hearing like, I'm looking at very, very elderly People who I would think were conservative white people saying really bad things about Trump. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I'm starting to wonder maybe it's just not us three that really got it in for this guy. Um, there are a lot of decent white people out there, and let's just not 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 forget that. Um, um, yeah, but um, I, I gave you that. I mean, but but I, most of them are Democrats. I know. <laughs> Well, you know what? I was just watching this movie called Get Out by a whole bunch of, <laughs> you, you need to go see this, by a whole bunch of real, real nice Democrat left-wing white people who are doing some <laughs> sneaky, sneaky-ass things in this movie. I ain't going to say anything I heard that was a good movie, man. Which I wait, wait, wait. I'm sitting here with two brothers who haven't seen that movie. Yeah, so you need to shut up. Y'all yeah. need to go support black movies on their opening weekend uh, plan I'm going to say that I'm right going to watch it but man can you like not talk about I, it you, not, you are you are the second person I, in the past three days that's been talking else. about this movie that I'm probably going to have to choke out just to make sure that you don't say nothing about it you know what I, I'm not going to give anything away I'm just saying that Jordan Peele nah, because you don't get choked out on the radio well, I don't want to do that <laughs> Jordan Peele did his thing man yeah, but I, I I heard it was a very good movie, and I do plan on watching it. So first movie ever to get hundred percent, no hundred million dollars. On no no no, he 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 made the hundred million dollars off of a budget of five million. Ooh, five million. The wow. movie's now a hundred million dollars. First movie, you know, how, first oh, movie man, to get a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Crit- it, it bumped down to ninety nine percent because you got wow. some racist people who saying this movie ain't nothing. Oh wow! But you got. One of the highest rated movies this this year. So nice, far. nice. So, so someone someone said this on the on on the Facebook page. They said, you know, with Moonlight winning that award, with Hidden Figures doing as well as it did, and with with uh, Get Out being the movie that it is, we have images of black folks in the movies in the last year that don't have to deal with slaves. Well, you know, we, we, we're seeing different images of black men and women on our Hollywood screens that are varied, that are diverse in their um, behaviors and their actions and their motivations and their stories. We are seeing different types of and fences. I just saw I, I saw fences and anybody who saw that movie you you all don't know the power of denzel washington this man is a ridiculously good i actually like fences when it was in james earl jones uh yeah, back in the yeah. days also um but that was just a good that's just a well-written play and, yes, they, and they they turned very, into a great screenplay very, very um and, and denzel did do his job um i mean he did he did a great job everybody in that movie was very everybody was, was very yeah. talented um but you know what you brought up something, and it, you, to be honest with you, this could have been a topic that we could have really got, gotten into in a, a proper pre-planned for, but that moonlighting, that movie winning the Oscars, the whole, you know, you know, it should have been uh, La La Land, and then they took it away, you know, 
no one has uh, come out and said this, okay? So let me be the first to go ahead and, and be the first black man to go ahead and, and complain. I think I know what you're going to say. Okay. Me had this okay. I'm, I'm going to be the first black man to go ahead and, and publicly complain because what they did was they purposely shut us up and put us in a situation where we felt like we couldn't say anything. Hmm. The year before when uh, Jada Pinkett Smith got mad because I guess her husband didn't win for the percussion, uh, uh, percussion? Concussion. concussion movie, percussion. <laughs> Same difference. Uh, for that, uh, concussion movie, um, she, she created a controversy and a lot of black people started, uh, protesting the Oscars and saying, I'm not going to the Oscars and everybody started complaining. Right. Now, you know, personally, I really didn't care because I've never watched the Oscars. Right. I don't know anyone who's ever watched. Jamal, you ever sat down and watched the Oscars? No. Okay, <laughs> my point made. So, I really, you know, all the black people complaining because, uh, you know, no one, no, no black movies were winning. I mean, no one, we don't even watch the Oscars anyway, at least I don't. So I didn't really care. But however, there was a controversy made, there was a stink made. And so, the following year, you know, we all kind of thought La La Land was going to win, right? And then, it became so obvious that La La Land didn't win the way that they did it. They gave it to him and then snatched it back from him. They made sure that this everyone saw what was going to happen. Okay. I thought you were going to say this other conspiracy theory, man. Nobody is saying this. Wait, I haven't gotten to it yet. Oh, okay. Go ahead. They gave the movie to Moonlighting instead. Moonlight. Moonlight. Okay. A movie that I don't know anybody who's even seen that movie. Have any of you two seen that movie? I have not seen it. Right. And a movie that I found out was about, about supporting black, black movies on the first week. Right. I haven't seen it. Right, right, right. But this is a movie that we found out was about black homosexuals. Okay. Now, they don't, of course, they don't tell you that in the previews. So you just end up going to the movie and then you find out by accident. But uh, the, it, it, it's so funny that we complained that there was no black movies winning. So the following year, they turned around and was like, okay, you want to complain? Okay. You want a black movie to win? Okay, well, let Moonlight win. There you go. You got a black win. Hey, you won the best picture. A black movie won the best picture. Now, what you going to do? What we going to do as black people, we going to complain? Because I know the first thing that came into my mind was, yeah, the, the gay movie uh, won. The, the gay black movie, yeah, you gave them the, uh, the Oscar. Because that kind of pushes your agenda. This is Hollywood. Let's keep it real. Everywhere you look. You're, you're, you're looking at the wrong conspiracy. Everywhere you look in Hollywood, there's a there's uh, bigger happening. Here. There's a, a big gay. There's bigger than this? Yes. Really? Um, bigger than gays on yes. every yes. show you watch? Yes. There's something bigger happening. What's, what's the bigger, what's bigger, bigger than gays pushing their agenda in an organized fashion? Um, well, first off, just like you said with the gay marriage, it didn't affect you. Gays mm -hmm. doesn't push any agenda on you. Right. That's uh, number one. Number two, the bigger issue, that out of 80... What, 83 years that the Oscars has been going on? 83 years. Something like that. 80 plus years. With a, a company, PricewaterhouseCoopers, who manages the envelopes. The one year when they give the award to a black, pre predominantly black cast, black director, black writer, black movie about black people. The one year they decide to change the envelope so the lettering is harder to read. The one year that they give this award to this black film is the one year where the guy accidentally switches the envelopes. Uh -huh. The one year. And the fallout that happened that week. See, the Oscars were on a Sunday. The whole week was supposed to be dominated by 
the best picture being Moonlight. All the news cycles were supposed to be about that. What is the best way to get the shine off a black movie? You create controversy around the presenters. And so instead of the news being all about Moonlight for that whole week, the news was all about Warren Beatty reading the wrong card. And nobody, nobody, nobody paid any attention to the fact that these actors, directors, and writers were supposed to be making the circuit on the news talking about black movies in black move black stories in the in Hollywood. All that stuff got shut down because everybody wanted to talk to Warren Beatty. Everybody wanted to talk to the Price Waterhouse Cooper guy who was supposedly going to get fired for switching envelopes. All that stuff took precedence over the fact that a black movie got the best picture. I don't know if they wanted to take anything away from the movie. I think they actually want to promote that movie because. But it didn't happen. That's what I'm saying. It didn't happen. Right, but you got to realize that when, um, remember when the, uh, gay marriage failed in California years ago? Yes. When they tried that and they did, they ran the numbers and found out that the biggest opponents to gay marriage was black people, especially black church going women. Hmm. Um, uh, gay people realized that, um, that, that they got to work a little bit extra harder on the black community. They, they, you know, they're, they're, you know, I'll be honest with you. I think black people, we have a, we, we feel like the homosexuality in our community has kind of been forced on us when you have all of these long prison sentences and you keep getting stretched out and, and, and jail, you know, uh, cats are coming home metrosexual, you know, and, uh, you know, so we kind of had this little attitude that, uh, that all of this gayness has kind of been forced on the gay community due to, uh, uh, these long-term prison, um, sentences that we, that we keep getting. That's assuming and, that the majority of people or even a small percentage of people who are gay are former inmates well well regardless uh i I do think that the high percentage of 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 gay people in in our community probably has something to do with the stretched off uh prison um uh sentences rather every black every black gay person has 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 actually been to prison or not uh uh i still think it has it has contributed but another thing that's contributing is that they made it a point to make sure that the next generation of black kids didn't grow up as opposed to uh homosexuality as the previous generation they are our kids um uh, right now i'm looking at your son right now his generation when they grow up i mean everything that they turn on television i'm watching the new 24 legacy gay storyline on that um what's the thing that uh the hip-hop television show uh empire gayness on that uh how to be a murderer it's gayness on that just about anything that you can that you that you're interested in especially if it's going to have a high black audience they're going to find some way to slip that in there they're going to make your kids so used to homosexuality that when they grow up they're going to call you oh dad you're a bigot all right now what everything (laughs) that you just said is being recorded right it is all right I can pull up recordings of somebody else who said the same exact thing about 50 years ago, only you replace gay with black. Well, you know what? Here's my point. They're putting, what? they're putting blacks in all this show. Every time you look up, there's a black person on this show, and there's a black person on this show, and there's a black person on this show. What did that do for black people? Did it, it help did, us? That didn't help us. What, seeing black people? Like, the no, 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 no. Seeing help black us? people did help. No, no. Coming seeing, home to no, dinner? No. Seeing black people, yeah. The conversations that the person was having didn't help us. Right, That's right. But, but the point yes, was yes, that... Seeing that more images of black people helped... Black exactly, people, yes. just like... The, just like seeing more Asians on, on ABC 
is helping Asian people. Asians. Right. And yeah. just like uh, 24, the, the original television series had a black president. Yes. And I think that got a lot of black people. I mean, a lot of white people used to the idea of having a black president and, and, and it not, not being a problem. I think that actually did help Barack Obama. Mm-hmm. But my point is that uh, homosexual, homosexuals have organized. They've planned this. They've plotted. And they are exercising the um, their um, power through the news media, not just the news media, just the media in general. Well, I uh, agree Radio, with television, I, film to push their agenda for what's best for their people. Unfortunately, I don't think that we're doing it as well as they do it. I think we could take some examples. A lot of we could learn a lot from watching what the Jews do and well, what no, the no, gay no. people I think, do. No, no, no. I think we did do it back in the um, late uh, not late fifties, sixties. Back in the sixties, that's that is a concerted effort that black folks did. We had a totally media. different mindset in those days. We did. In those days, we had people like um, Muhammad what, Ali. What you're, what you're saying these is these days that we have Floyd that, Mayweather. Well, no, no. What you're saying is that. The agenda that black. Oh, your boy Floyd is back. Um, you heard that, right, assassin? What, what you're saying is that the agenda that black folks pushed in the media, TV, news, movies it paved the way for you. The the agenda that was pushed back in the '60s. You're upset that the agenda isn't still going on right now in 2017. Right. I think we could take a we we could, we could learn point, a lot from point, what the, the homosexuals stopped. are doing. Um, with their agenda, um, the way that they use media no, no, no. to push they their agenda. They learned from us 50 years ago. That's what I'm trying to say. We did it in the 60s. They just happened to be doing it in 2017, so 50 years later, it's going to be another group. Cycles don't change. The cycle the cycle is going to keep going. It's just going to be a replace black with gay, replace gay with uh, Vietnamese, replace Vietnamese with this. It's going to happen because the agenda works. It does work. There was somebody and who we said, could, like I'm saying, we could, we could, we could use the, the woman. We could learn a lot from um, from watching what these other groups have been doing, and 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 pick back up what we used to do. That's that's true. And I and I there's a I forgot the woman's name. She's the she's a she's the writer for that show Fresh Off the Boat on ABC. Now my wife watches. She watches that show all the time. But the writer, the one who created the show, she had her own comedy special, and she was talking about the same issue. People keep talking about blacks, Hispanics on TV and the representation. She's trying to do the same for East Asian people. There's no representation that's positive on network TV. And so she created this show for ABC specifically for that reason we need to see more east asian main characters and storylines on network tv i'm going to write the show and it's going to be a hit show boom what you're saying about gay people pushing an agenda is no different from what she's saying it's no different from what we did in the 60s it's no different from what um uh, uh, what's it, what, uh, Kenya, Kenya Harris, the person who created Blackish, no different from what, uh, that person is doing. You know, we need positive images of black folks. We need positive images of East Asian folks. We need positive images of women. We need positive images of, uh, Hispanics, gays, Vietnamese. We need positive images of just people. We just need positive images. You get what I'm saying? Right. I, I get what you're saying, but you're saying that, you know, in the 60s, that's what we really did. Um, we were 
we made a fuss in the 60s. We went after our civil rights in the 60s. Um, Hollywood kind of fell into place. You got to keep in mind, you keep saying that we, 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 we did, we did. We didn't do anything. We don't own or control anything. No, no, um, no. And, we, and made a, we don't we made own a push. those studios. No, 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 we don't. Uh, but we Jews made a push. own those studios. Uh, we don't own uh, those studios. Gay people own those studios. So actually, over the last 30 years, uh, our image has been projected by other people. Because, yes, we can, we can, we can applaud them for the Jeffersons. But then we'll get mad at them for Hill Street Blues, you know. <laughs> so, you know, it's, 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 you know, our, you know, we, we, we need to get to the point where we are telling our own tales. And so, you know, in, okay. in, in a way, you're right. You're, in a way, as far as right. Hollywood production okay. has been, um, I mean, yeah, this was a year with no slaves. And, uh, and, and, you know, that's actually significant because, I mean, um, well, you know what? I was going to say if you wanted to, um, you know, get ahead, play a slave or something. But you know, um, Denzel never got his uh, never got his Oscar until he turned into a bad guy. Right. He never got it for Glory, which was probably his best work. He got it for uh, Training was, Day. I think he was supposed to get it for Hurricane. That, you liked Hurricane yeah. the best. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm a Glory type guy. <laughs> but but check this out. Check this out. I like the teardrop when he's getting whipped. <laughs> <laughs> check check this out, man. You're you're 100 right. We have to own property. We have to own studios. We have to tell our stories. The other thing, though, that has to happen, that's part of the reason why I've been promoting these businesses, because one of the things that we unfortunately do as a people, as a black people, is as soon as we do start owning something, we got our family and friends say, oh, you think you're good now. You're trying to own something. Right. We we did it with BET. We did it with the own network. We did it with Centric. Every single time somebody went and pushed and tried to start, we end up giving them the side eye and not supporting like we should. Well, you know what? The, you I, what I'm, I'm supporting Oprah. Now, it's, wait, hold on. It's up to it's, uh, it's up to BET to produce quality work. Don't get me wrong. I don't even know what channel BET is. Cause it, cause I it, did watch New Edition because that was probably if, if the only BET, thing I've watched on there in years. If BET continues to give a poor, qua- uh, poor quality product, then we have every right to not support it. But at the same time, a lot of us, we go hard on our own people who are trying to make all these businesses that I just read off at the beginning of the show. These are people who are trying to do something. They're trying to make money. They're trying to build businesses. They're trying to do something positive. It's important. And and we need to support them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, there was this one dude who said, man, I ain't supporting uh, Bevel, Bevel, the shave system for black men. Who's oh, a black man said that? Yeah, Told you that? man, I ain't supporting them. I get my razors from Target. And they're like, okay, That's hold on. That's because he's ignorant. Now, one of, we got to start supporting people who are trying to make something big happen, especially if it benefits us, right? You, you feel what I'm saying? Right. We, we want, we want grooves to support Groove Talk Radio. We want grooves to tune in. We want swings to tune in. We want populations to tune in to Groove Talk Radio because we're doing something pretty, pretty big here, mm-hmm. right? We don't want people to say, oh, you're trying to start something now, man. Who you think you are? You think you power 106, huh? And then, and then they don't turn in. They don't tune in. Well, listen, any, and as far as survival in the United States for any group, and, uh, I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give Jamal the microphone because I know we are so far off topic, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but the, the way to survive in any group, okay, 
you have to have you're going to have to either be in one of three categories, okay? If you have a business or a job, then you can survive. You can survive off your business or if you have a good job, you can take care of yourself and you can survive, you know, just as a person um, or as a, as a unit. If you don't have businesses or a job, then you slip to that other level, the second level. Your second level is social services, hmm. your welfare, uh, food stamps and things of those nature, the government. That's why they're so opposed to Obamacare, because they feel like it's another social services to help those people. You know who those people are. So if you don't have businesses or a job, then you slip to level number two, which is being dependent on social services. Now, every now and then you go through these cycles where conservatives, Republicans get into office. We're in one of those cycles now. And as you can see, I don't, I'm, President Goldenshower has a lot of cuts in mind for all of those social programs that we that, that, that I just mentioned. Mm -hmm. So then when they cut the social programs. So now you, you got to fall back from level two all the way down to level one. And level one is crime. Cause you got to put food on the table, so you selling drugs, you you robbing people, you doing whatever you got to do, and 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 that's our problem in the black community with no with no with no businesses, which is the biggest creator creator of wealth. Mm. We own one half of one percent of, of of this nation's businesses. When we first got out of slavery, we had about two hundred and eighty seven thousand free blacks. The other about four or five million were slaves. At the end of slavery, those 287,000 free blacks owned about one half of 1% of this nation's wealth. Almost what, a uh, 100, 200 years later, we still only own one half of 1% of this nation's wealth. And you got Arabs and Asians that only been in the United States for 30 years, 40 years, came in in the 60s and 70s and are already equal or have passed us up. You know what? There's a, there's um, a reason. Yeah, there is a reason. I was listening to this podcast from, um, and y'all gotta, y'all might have to tune into this brother. This brother, his name is Dre Baldwin. His name is Dre Baldwin and he, he's a former professional basketball player. He left basketball, started his own business motivational speaking writing he got in on the ground floor with his youtube business he has produced a video per day in every day for 10 years on youtube this brother has 5300 videos on youtube he is the most watched person this dude has a huge business 12 books speaking business I'm listening to this brother talk and he is saying the same thing. He is saying, you know, we have something that's in dim, uh, internally wrong with our community. When you have, he told the story of this one person who came from another country, came from, it was either an, an Asian country, came over here to, uh, to the United States. No money, no job prospects, no English at all. Mm -hmm. Moved into the community with other people from his country. Mm -hmm. The people in that community gave money for that person to get established. They all chipped in and donated and they put this person in somebody's house. And they said, here, here's some money so you can get started. And this person, after a few years, put a business together successfully with the help of that community. And what did the person do as soon as he became successful? paid everybody back 
and they kept that cycle going. Mm-hmm. Every mm-hmm. time somebody comes in from another country, they boom lock them up, lock you know get get them get them in, locked up in the community, give them the resources, teach them English, give them some money, give them some place to live, teach them some skills, help them learn how to build a business. Let's put all our resources that we can spare behind this person because it's going to come back to us. Right. And and so you got to I want to remind you of a conversation we had uh, a few weeks ago and you you said I was talking crazy that night, but it was a night where I was saying, eh, we don't necessarily need education to get ahead." And I know that sounded pretty damn crazy, but you just gave the perfect example of that guy who came over from from No, no, no. From they still do education though. They do education in addition to all these things. Mm-hmm. I, I when you say we don't need education to get ahead, I think what you meant is we need more than just education to get ahead. Right. Well, I'm, what, what I don't, don't want to get rid of education altogether. Well, well, well what, what I'm saying is that we tell our kids to go to school, go to college, then get a good job. And that's going to keep us at the very, 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 very bottom of the totem pole forever. Mm-hmm. If you listen to your parents out there. If your parents told you to to go to school, get a good, so you can get a good job, your parents told you wrong. Oh, which I, I agree. With which you your on parents that. should have told you was to go to school, um, get a good job, and start a good business, and then hire some, hire your own. You know, uh, do whatever you have to do, but you need to start a business. Other people come over here and they play just like Monopoly. I'll give you another example. Monopoly. Monopoly is like the game of life. Just just look at it. It's the game of life. How do you play Monopoly? Well, you got to go around the board of America. You have to acquire properties. Okay? You got to, you know, first you buy the buy the property, buy the land, and then what do you do? You start to build on it. You know, you put a house on it. And then you put two houses, you put a hotel on it. You build and you develop that property. Okay, that's what everyone else is doing. If you're not doing that, then what are you doing? You're going around the board hoping you can land on free parking. This is what we're doing. We're going around the board hoping that we can land on lottery uh, you know or why something like that. I, I love that analogy of mm-hmm. Monopoly mm-hmm. because it reminds me it's, it's just a game. Because the number one thing that happens in Monopoly before anybody rolls the dice is everybody get equal amount of money to start off with. Mm. And that right there... Well, that doesn't happen. That, that did, does that not did, happen. That did right. not happen in, in in real life. That does not. That happen did not in happen. I, that did not See, happen in real here, life. Here's what I here's what I think. But 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 wait, wait, just real quick before you move on. The monopoly. What happens if you continue to go around that board? You don't pick up properties. You lose. You lose. How do you lose? But because what happens more than pro- often? You end up in jail. <laughs> you end up in jail. Monopoly. You black people need to master Monopoly and look at it realistically. It's telling you how to make it in America, and it's telling you how not to make it in America. You, you know what, though? You will end up in jail if you don't go around that board and collect those you, properties. You actually end up bankrupt. Or bankrupt. <laughs> <laughs> or bankrupt. That's just as bad. Right, because there's more. there's only one jail square, but there... All these opportunities to go bankrupt. All these properties to get bankrupt. (laughs) So the probability is high. Now, the thing that I was about to say is this. People have the wrong idea. I think you're right about education. Okay. First off, people have the wrong idea about education when their kids go to kindergarten. People send their kids to kindergarten thinking that the school is going to educate them. That's not the school's job. It is not. A family needs to make sure that a school is the supplement. It is. You cannot... 
you cannot rely on education systems to give the primary training to your children. Ding, 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 ding. You're racking Ed- up points, Rob. Ed- Spit edu- it. Education systems, school, public school, and private school, all of these things are just supplements. Like a vitamin is a supplement to a real meal. Mm-hmm. Education has to be a supplement to the training at home. Mm. And Spit if, it, if Rob. your kid cannot read by the time he starts four years old, or mm-hmm. five years but old. By the time he by, starts kindergarten. If they cannot read, then you are going to have extra work to do, right? you got extra work to do. Now, the things that you said about college, that pattern still keeps playing out in a lot of families' heads, right? Especially black families. We send our ki- We cannot wait until our kids reach first grade because somebody else can take them while we're at work. Mm-hmm. And that is the wrong uh-huh. thinking. That is the wrong thinking. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> you spitting. Go ahead. Because, because if we keep relying on that to happen, those schools are not going to educate our children. In fact, I don't know why they still call it the education system because it doesn't educate our children. It trains our children. And that's a difference. How do you feel about school vouchers? Um, educator? Oh, now, <laughs> my, professional my, educator. My, my kindergartner has the headphones on, so I'm going to say this. Fuck a voucher. <laughs> Let me tell you why. Because vouchers, these school vouchers do nothing except drain money away from the people who need it the most. You cannot use public funds to finance private and charter schools. It just, it, it, it it's, there's only a, there's only enough money to go around. If a state only has X amount of dollars and you're allowing a family to say, look, you can take some of these dollars and go over to your private school of your choice. All you just did was decimate that public school system. Yeah, but what about, what about me and you? I mean, both of our kids make good grades, right? But I mean, my daughter's getting ready to go to DC and, 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 and New York on an academic trip. She's only in the sixth grade, uh, in, 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 in April. So like, I got a real smart daughter. I got a real smart kid. That's right. I don't want my kid going to school with, you know, somebody else's kid that ain't, you know, academically as sound and probably a ruffian at the same time. You know what? Right? Mm-hmm. You teach your daughter how to succeed in any environment. If she goes to Harvard, boom, she can succeed. If she goes to the state community college, boom, it doesn't matter. You have to instill in your daughter this feeling of success where she can be a success in any environment. So if she goes to the worst public school, she's going to be the valedictorian and get her um UC tuition paid for because she was the number one student in the, in that school. Jamal, how old are your kids? Jamal's got two little ones. He's got little. Four and nine, nine months. Four and nine months. My thing, my thing with the vouchers is it. It's on, the vouchers only benefit the the parents that's really already going to private school. Because let's say if you let's say you pay ten thousand dollars to go to the school, and the government want to give you a five thousand dollar voucher, right? If that means that 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 family that's already paying ten thousand just got theirs dropped to five to go to this school, right? So this other family that don't even have the five thousand, we're gonna give you five thousand, you still have to come up with five thousand to pay it. The people that's benefiting without the voucher, they already been going to this school. So now that the, that you get this voucher, you, you're dropping the price for them, which is cool for them. But I mean, you're still gonna have the same issue with people that's struggling to that don't even have it, 
to go to this uh, private school. And, you know, going into our next topic, with uh, which Rob was talking about, uh, parents having to, um, you know, have a, have, have a part in their kids' education and not just relying on the school is huge because I've been, uh, for, as you know, with this uh, mentor program we've been doing the past, what, six, going in, into week seven, um, working with these middle schoolers, it you can see how distant the 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 ones that um in which the parents are not really involved in their education cuz you know here we are providing a service that all the parents got to do is instill in them kids that this is something that you have to go to this is a, a service this is something that you can benefit for but you can see the ones that the parents are not involved in it and yet which is what the next topic was but you see all these kids with cell phones kids and cell phones I, I go to these to the school and I see all these young kids with these cell phones and it's ridiculous. Hmm. I mean, I don't know when was the first time you when when did you have your first cell phone, bro? I was in well, I was a freshman in college when I got my first. Well, cell no, phone. no, no, no. I you you're talking to the wrong person because let me tell you, this smartphone that I got right now, I'm only two years in. Because but you've had a phone. I remember. Oh, no, no, I've seen an ancient phone before. Yeah, the ancient phone. Yeah, that. I'm I, just talking about a cell phone. We, we, Tara and I both, we were trying to not have a cell phone for the longest time. And then we finally realized we got to have one when she, by the time she was three months pregnant, we realized, all right, we better get one. Because we work, I work an hour and a half away from her. Right. And I was like, oh, man. All right, we'll get a cell phone. And that was 2004 when she was pregnant now now it's it's, it's nothing it's, it's not impossible to think that you can't have a cell phone because i actually um at my last uh facility i worked at i worked with a with a uh with a probation officer that he did not have a cell phone when i asked him how long it's been it had been like what six seven years so it's not out of the box to think of not having a cell phone but it's just when you see it with all these kids all these kids cell phone. now i mean there are there are pros and cons to people having kids you know with their cell phones you know you can have the you know it could be a form of safety you know um you can have uh you can keep in touch with them and and things like that but to see that you're more focused on your kid having a cell phone than your kid's education is is ridiculous to me i mean because i mean I, I see it every week when i go and you you got this service for them that's not being provided. That's free of charge, but everybody's pulling out these cell phones. Hmm. Your fo- your your focus on spending your money to make sure that this kid's cell phone is on, but you're not pressing this kid to come into this program and get this benefit from these people that's volunteering time and providing a service that teaching your kids something that they they didn't learn until their adulthood. And the the parents is just that's not important to them, and it, and it's, it's pretty sad that cell phones is. You more sound important just like that. You sound just like that Republican. Education. You sound just like that Republican who said the the the, oh, the yeah. <laughs> you sound just like him. Yeah, that's right. The one he, he said all these poor people talking about health care, health care, but they got a cell phone. Why don't you get rid of your cell phone and pay for health care? And then he realized that was the wrong thing to say. I mean, but I mean, but. It's is I mean I I'm, I'm not going I'm not going to deny fact, regardless of what it is. 
I mean, I call it spade a spade. If if it's there, then you know it is what it is. But it is is um it's not alternating anything. It's not making up any you know alter alternative facts. Is is what you see, and being there live in the flesh and seeing this, like all right, yo, your kid, these kids' cell phones is more important than than other priorities. Like, you know, this kid got a cell phone, but he don't have a backpack. Right. right he don't have a right. notebook. Right. Ask him to pull out some pens, and I don't have pens, but I got the cell phone. Right. You I, know, your back, your your back, your your grades are are terrible, but you got the cell phone. It, it all goes back to I'm, I, and I'm going to say this. It all goes back to what Tier said way back when we first started this radio show back in December. It all starts with parenting. If you don't have a good family structure, everything else is going to snowball and get out of whack. Everything in terms of behavior, academics, finances, um, the lessons you teach your kids about adulthood, everything's going to fall out of whack if you don't have a good family structure, right? Because that's where that's where everything starts, family, right? Yeah, I agree, but I also agree with Jamal because you know cell phones are scary when you really think about it. My 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 ex wife bought my daughter a cell phone, and I got mad. Mm. I, you know, she get her a cell phone for her. she was what ten at the time. You know, she's twelve now. But um, I got used to her having a cell phone, and I started liking it. And she lost a cell phone, and now I'm seriously, especially because she's getting ready to go to D.C. and New York for a week. Um, I'm seriously thinking about buying her another one hmm. because um, I don't. I can call her directly, and I don't have to speak to my ex-wife unless I want to, and I never want to. <laughs> so you there's know, an ulterior motive, there. right? So I like being able. You know what? I, I miss my daughter. I'm gonna call her up. And then, and, and I could reach her without having to call her mom and ask her to put Empress on the phone. You know what I'm saying? So to, to me, that's my advantage. But then I look at the scary part of her having a cell phone. First of all, when I was a kid, they would keep the Playboys in the, in the, in the, in the, in the stores up like on that top, uh, rack or whatever. And, you know, I would look around and make sure nobody was looking and jump up there and try and get one. And, you know, just looking at a Playboy, you know, that was like, you know, big to me. Now, Playboys is like, that's rated G compared to the stuff I can get off my cell phone right, right now if I wanted to, right? right? And every kid is exposed to that. Yeah. Everything. And I mean, they, I mean, they, I mean name, a, name something on the internet, sexual, that you can't find a video for. I mean, I mean, I mean everything is out there. That's so, true. so, I mean, I mean, I heard, I heard Pornhub has so many, they have 12 and a half videos uploaded every year. Per person in the world. <laughs> That's how many videos get uploaded a year. I believe that, that every person can have their own. By the way, Studio W, 844-978-8346. Make sure you hit the zero if you want to call in and comment on any of this. Word. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, Jamal, I mean, I mean, how about cheating in school? You think the kids are using these cell phones to cheat? Cheating I know school. they are because I wouldn't sit in college. <laughs> <laughs> See? I have no cell phone in college. Oh man, it was so much scandal going on at Grambling, man. It was crazy. You, you be, I mean, you've been in a big classroom, man. It was crazy what people was getting over. Well, on I was uh, in college, nineteen ninety, uh, nineteen ninety one, on phones. But like, like you say, man, it's, it's pros and cons to we it. To you study. know, just like you got the the one of the pros to it is uh, having uh, having safety with your kid. You know, you can contact them. It's it's, it's a safety issue as a con too. I mean, you know, uh, with these kids having these cell phones and, you know, if you got this family plan, obviously it's the same plan 
unless you got like a, a prepay phone or something like that where you got it just to where they can just call it something like that unless you have it restricted i mean you know they got access to internet and, and things like this and it can be you know the cell phone's going to be distractions um it can be a safety issue too you know with these social media sites that they can access from their phone they can meet these people so i mean i mean at what point does a kid really need a phone or at least at least a phone to where all this other stuff is access to. I mean, if you you can get one of these basic phones where you can just call. Now that I wouldn't really trip off of. Okay, I can see you wanna uh you wanna call and be able to reach your kid cool, but that's just a phone where they, they can just call. But with these phones like these iPhones and all this stuff where they have all this access, it's like, do these kids really need that? And I don't think they do. No, the especially no. at the age that they are. The answer is um, no. Maybe I'll, y'all y'all help me with this, Jamal. Tell me if I'm a little overprotective because. Yes. My son is in seventh grade. He, you didn't let me finish the sentence. <laughs> Do I need to, bro? <laughs> Look, man, back when my son, my oldest son, when he was in sixth grade, I mean, I'm sorry, fifth grade, he was finishing up elementary school and I knew that we were going to be finished with daycare. We, we, he, he couldn't go to the daycare anymore. Now, a year before he got into middle school, I am already talking with my campus about switching jobs so that I can make my own schedule so that I can be the one to pick him up from middle school once he starts middle school. I don't want him to have a cell phone. I don't want him to be doing all that stuff. Instead of doing the cell phone and all that, I rearrange my work schedule so I will be home with this boy. I will pick no, him up from school. I think that's responsible parenting. I will, I will pick him up from school. I'll go to the meetings, teacher meetings. I'll No, that's responsible parenting. Do whatever I can do to work from home while he's doing his homework. And we both work when he gets out of school on homework. Now, I'm, I mean, because I don't want him to have that access to the cell phone right now because he, he it, there's no, well, there's no good in it. Well, there's for no one, for one, for one, he doesn't need it right now. He's twelve. I mean, because he's, because he's damn sure not paying for it, and these things are expensive. These, these, these plans are crazy. So one, he doesn't need it, and two, I think it's responsible parenting because you know how many kids out there want their parent to. They may not say it, but they want their parent to pick them up. You know, they want to have that safety net there to. You know, they have somebody that that's care about them and. And the fact that you got you, you got them taking care of their priorities first is going to instill the practice into them that all right, you know, it's going to get in a routine where you know you got to come home, you got to take care of your homework, and and before you get to all this other stuff, because think about it, the parents that's not there, what's going to happen? The the kid's going to get out, he's got to find his own way home. Mm-hmm. Chances are he's not going to go straight home, and then if he did, was to go home, he's not going to he or she's not going to go straight into their homework. They're going to probably be out. Uh, or turn on the TV or turn on the PlayStation or the Xbox or they're going to have their friends over or they're going to go to, you know, somebody else's house. They're so they're, they're, all these distractions are going to be happening as opposed to, you know, them taking care of what they need to. Hmm. So I look at that as a, as a, as you being a responsible parent and I think more kids actually need that if it's just unfortunate that, you know, Obviously, we live in a society where, you know, based on, you know, parents' employment, it's not as easy as for these parents to be flexible. No, that's need, true. And I'm, 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 know. I'm not going to deny that. So I, no, I, I, I do think though that these days it's a little bit hard for a, a, a teenager to be away from social media 
because their social networks at school are wrapped up in social media. Without them being connected, they're going to feel ostracized. They're going to feel alienated. They're going to feel like they don't have this connection with their own peers. And I understand that. Now, my son doesn't have a Twitter. He doesn't have a Facebook. Um, but what he does have is access to his friends when they play um, they play some video games online yeah, and Skype, right? Okay. But the one rule that we had in our house is that nobody, not even the parents, nobody's allowed to have a TV in the bedroom and the computers stay in the common areas where everybody can see everybody. Okay, that sounds and, smart. And as long as we kept that rule that everybody can see everybody, we straight, you know? I mean... Again, that's that's responsible parenting because you have so, you have too many parents out here that are too loose, and you know I mean you probably get these parents that think that if they're too is I mean it's it's one thing to be between being too strict and being smart, you know not, nothing that you described as being too smart. I mean especially in today's age where you know you got people taking advantage of kids, knowing that you can monitor what your kids are doing and nobody's taking advantage of them. Or exploiting them, that's just responsible parenting. I mean, if you, I mean, kids are, like, like Tierra just said, he was trying to find a way to see if anybody was paying attention to him so he could jump up and get the play boys. You know, so kids are gonna get over if, if they, if given an opportunity to. Yeah, so. But you don't wanna make it yeah. easier for them yeah, to you don't. get access. You don't. And, um, like I say, I don't, I don't see anything wrong with that and I think, uh, more parents should do it. I mean, you see, um, I mean, you already got girls that's going to school with their with their hoochie mama clothes on under their school clothes. As soon as they get to school or get from away from mom or dad, they're gonna snatch that off and be walking around with these, you know. Right. <coughs> so yeah, I, I hope my daughter don't do that. Like that. And again, I mean, I think I think as long as you as a, as a parent can teach razor, their kids, raise right. You don't have to hope. As as long as a, as a as a parent can be straightforward with their kids and and teach them, you know. How to be responsible? Because I mean, it's, it's it's it happened with, with my mom. You know, I grew up to a single mom, and she she the one thing I appreciate with the parent that my mom had is she didn't sugarcoat anything. She didn't try to hide anything from us. Uh, and she like you know if she ever talked about sex, you know, she was straightforward with you know the risks of it and you know um, and things like that. So she didn't try to hide it from us to where you gonna want to go out and seek it. It was more like, hey, if you want to know about something, you know, I'll I'll, I'll openly discuss it or, you know, teach you about it. That way it's not, you know, you're going to find out, you know, on your own. And what it did is it, is that it wasn't, I wasn't like that, you know, that preacher kid that's being kept away from everything. So where I got to go find out, it's like, okay, cool. So when you hear about it, it's like, oh, I already know about that. Right. And it's like, so it's not new to you. It's not that, that, that lure of, you know, bringing you to it. But I mean, different parents have different strategies that they use. But as long as this can be some kind of way, uh, as long as it's responsible, you know, you have different methods, then I think it's better for your kid as opposed to, you know, being too straight or, you know, overboard like some parents do. Or just not being there like a lot of people, like, yeah. like a lot of parents are. Well, I was raised by a probation officer. My mom, not that I was on probation. <laughs> I'm saying my mom was a probation officer ever since I was little. And I think that had a lot to do with it. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, of course, my brother, uh, my, my brother Dion, we're two and a half years apart. 
he was the one who would like to go run the streets and I was the one who would always stay home with a book. And she was telling one son, you need to come in the house. And she was telling this other son, you need to get out. <laughs> and she kept trying to push me out the house and she kept trying to bring my brother Dion back in. <laughs> so she had a little dichotomy on her hands. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, man. But I, like I say, man, um, responsible parenting is you know it's, it sound when you hear responsible parenting it sounds like something that's common sense but to see how much of it is not happening is is, is disturbing that's because common sense ain't it's common disturbing. so like i said man you got me uh, yeah I, I tell you what we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up by giving a little bit of a shout out to these companies once again we're also going to let you know that if you want to have your business promoted on groove talk radio contact us on facebook just look for the groove talk radio uh, page on facebook you hit that like button you comment on the facebook page and let us know and then we could we could work something out now again these uh five folks here taisha green tiger five what's up taisha taisha green that's right royalty wells hair dot big cartel dot com and uh over here frank reed uh native sons he's got independent music production and engineering licensing pretty much a sound branding agency beatstars.com dot com slash native sons four one zero we have uh stanielle riley with twisted angels accessories her website is not up yet but her Facebook page is. You can find her Facebook page by searching for Twisted Angels Accessories. Um, we have Lorraine and Vanity who own a photo booth rental company called Red Carpet Memory here in Southern California. Just go to redcarpetmemory.com. <coughs> and then we have Ann Wooten Taylor. Um, eating as an act of worship. Ministries. It's a nonprofit organization that's going to help you eat right, exercise right, and maintain a healthy body. Just go to eating as an act of worship ministries.org. Also, don't forget, you can purchase my book through Amazon or you can purchase my book through my own page, robertdalenbrown.com. The book is called Joker to King. You can go to jokertoking.com. You can go to robertdalenbrown.com or you can go to amazon.com. If you do go to amazon.com, write a review because the more reviews I get, the more it helps me in my rankings. So, uh, Tierra, what do you have to say? Uh, I just think that everyone out there on Radio Land is really missing a beautiful scene right now. Uh, if anybody could see your son sitting on your lap. Hitting the microphone while you're trying to talk into it, uh, it's the most adorable sight. I, I, I don't even, I just want to end with that, man. Um, um, you know, uh, I, I love to see good parenting. Um, like I, I, I'm a firm believer, like what Bill Cosby said, there's nothing that we can't change in our community if we don't get to, if, if, if we don't just get to parenting right. The one That's thing I need do. to get better at is getting him away from the candy, but. Yeah, um, you need to work on You know on that. We, we, we started the show with Marcus. <laughs> Speaking on the microphone, do you have anything to say, Marcus? Close us up, Marcus. Tell us everybody. Tell everybody to goodbye. Say to the audience, they're listening right now. Do you want to say? Say G. Bye.
you want to say uh, have a good night just say have a good night so you can hear what you sound like uh, now he's shy no <laughs> now he's shy okay he's shy alright we he, out of here what you going to close this out with Rob what kind of music you got well you know what I'm going to play some of Williams music I'm not sure what he has man, I don't here, know what you was playing when we first started the show man yeah, um, he, let's he, let's he, not go back to that <laughs> Sound I'll tell you like what, some '60s surfer mu- music. I tell you what, we gonna we gonna go we gonna go here to some old school nine, uh, '90s, 2000s R&B. Um, make sure you download that app IMG2. Also, make sure that you tune in next week Tuesday, 5:30 p.m. Pacific time for Groove Talk Radio. You know what I want to talk about, Rob? Maybe next week. What's up? Religion. Oh my goodness, religion. <laughs> Religion, politics, and sex. You start talking about those things, and uh, we might have might, ourselves a good show. Hey, might make some enemies or get some ratings. Hey, you know what? <laughs> Talk about all three at once. <laughs> Religion, politics, go, and sex. Let's go for full scandal next all, yeah, week. Yeah, all we're going to do is we're going to blow it out the water. <laughs> all right, y'all listen next week, 530 Tuesday. We'll be back with uh, Groove Talk Radio next week. Uh, we'll holla at you later. 